Hello, you're very welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Unsanitized, back to school and blended learning, the Q&A. Hello, this is Simon Lewis from Unshaw.net and you're very welcome to this final part of the of our series Unsanitized Back to School and Blended Learning, where I explored uh, basically what I think will be the outcome of going back to school, uh, where I believe within a few weeks we'll all be back to uh, distance learning um, and another plan will have to come up uh, regarding blended learning. In the first six parts um, I explored what a new classroom would look like and in the last uh, couple of sessions I actually looked at uh, the future of uh, education in primary level at least where I explored what a teacher could do in order to prepare a child uh, for a future of blended learning because that's what I think is going to happen. Now, I don't know how many of you go on courses, but there's always that bit at the end when the presenter asks, does anybody have any questions? And usually there's a slide behind him or her with uh, a cartoon figure with a big bubble uh, question mark uh, sign um, on it. And everybody, I would say, in the room basically hopes that nobody asks a question. Uh, most of all, uh, the person presenting, because they just want to go home. However, I decided I would ask that question after um, the last uh, bit of this unsanitized edition, because I wasn't absolutely 100% sure that I'd really covered everything I wanted to cover around blended learning, but I wasn't quite sure what it was I hadn't covered. So I stuck up that very question on uh, my uh, onshaw.net Facebook page and also my Twitter account. Um, now, usually when I answer ask uh, anybody questions on either of those accounts, um, it's like tumbleweed going uh, going across the, the virtual screen. However, in this case, um, I was... I, I was delighted to see so much interest. And what I'm going to do in this session is try and answer as many of the questions that I was asked. Now, before I begin, um, when I did ask that question, um, most of the questions were around blended learning and going back to school, but there were actually quite a lot of questions that really had nothing to do with uh, blended learning. However, I just think those questions um, are worth answering because, do you know, at the end of the day, we're getting very little guidance from anywhere. And while I don't have all the answers, um, I, I don't know why I would think I would. Um, I, I suppose I can give you some of my experience of the last few weeks and some of those questions that I may have had to answer. So I'm just going to uh, basically start off with some questions. Basically, the format is I'll read the question and then I'll try and answer it and we'll see how quickly we can get through them. Um, and uh, I'll try my very best to be helpful rather than giving out stink about uh, various agencies. However, I can't promise that I won't give out stink about the various different agencies because it's very easy to do that uh, considering what we've been given. Anyway, here is the first question. It, uh, I'm gonna go through Facebook questions first. Um, forgive me if I repeat any of the questions. I might not remember them all, but there's quite a lot of them and I'm gonna try and answer them. Uh, I listened to another um, podcast. Sorry, I'm, already I'm, I'm, I'm basically going off tangents. Uh, I, I listened to a 
Fantasy Football League uh, podcast. Yes, I am one of those people. And uh, they have this, uh, the one I listen to um, basically has this, uh, they call it the, the famous lightning round where they have to answer every question within 30 seconds. And I think never once have they answered a question in less than 10 minutes. But I am going to try and do the lightning round uh, on Shaw.net style where I will attempt to answer the questions as quickly as possible. See, I've already wasted five minutes of this podcast telling you what I'm going to do. Okay, let's go. So our first question is from Fiona. And the question is, do we need a plan in place for pupils to take home their school books in the event of a suspected case of COVID or a sudden school closure again? This is absolutely a great question, um, which falls in line with blended learning and I would say the answer to that question is absolutely yes. Um, if you uh, are a school with lots of school books um, I would put a plan in place for when uh, and not if <laughs> schools are going to get closed again or if there's going to be a suspected uh, case of COVID in your school. Um, how I do that really is um, it's, it's quite simple just make sure that everybody knows where all their books are and make sure that they get to bring them home on that day. Um, some schools won't be allowing school books uh, sorry school bags into their school uh, so you'll just have to figure out a way of doing that. I'd also add um, to this that you might consider finding out what children don't have access to technology and include a laptop or a Chromebook or an iPad or something like that from your school and have a plan in place for how that's going to work. So there we go. Question one. I think I did that pretty quickly. Um, Anne-Marie asks, guidelines regarding online platforms, um, please. For example, should parents or guardians be asked to sit in on Zooms with their child if there's a need for a specific set of rules for online school behaviour while a school or class for whole school or class by class sorry I'm just uh, there's a typo there uh, there's a lot of questions here what's the best practice in dealing with a situation where a child disrupts a zoom class is it ethical to mute a child is it advisable to utilize breakout rooms and work with one group or individual children while the rest of the class are flying solo wow there's some brilliant questions. Uh, thank you, Anne-Marie. I'm going to try and answer them uh, individually. Uh, and again, these aren't exactly correct answers, but they're just um, answers that I have that might be of use to you. Um, so, so should guardians be asked to sit in on Zooms with their child? The answer to that question is ideally yes uh, for... Um, for, for just for your own child protection uh, reasons. Um, I, I don't... I mean, that, and the reason for that is really for, I suppose, child protection, but also for, um, I suppose, management. Now, you do have then the uh, other question around child protection. Should other parents be seeing other people's children? But I suppose if every parent is with their child, they are supervising their child's use of Zoom, uh, which is probably important. Um, in our case, uh, during lockdown, I can't say that every child was uh, was definitely supervised. Uh, I know when my own son was online, I was hovering around the kitchen and I let him on. I let, I, he was allowed basically on his own on the screen with his teacher, but I was definitely within earshot of what was going on. Now, nothing that a teacher would be doing, I would imagine, um, should be of a concern to a, that a parent shouldn't be hearing. Um, it's it, it might just be a little bit disconcerting uh, for uh, a teacher to know that the parents are, are there in the background. But I think in this case, we have to get over that. I think in some ways, it, it, I mean, in the modern era uh, that we live in with the Internet, everything that we do can be recorded and might be being recorded. So we need to make we need to just know that. And I suppose in this case, uh, this it's a, it's a good question. So a few a few thoughts maybe to think about. 
Um, is there a need for a specific set of agreed rules for online school behaviour? Absolutely, yeah. Um, I think a whole school one would be useful um, and that can be adaptable by uh, class by class. Much like I, I always think if um, whatever rules you have offline should be the same online more or less and there should be consequences when uh, those behaviours aren't followed and that can be anything that a teacher chooses. It could be that you are muted um, and I know that sounds awful uh, in some cases that you would ever mute a child who is misbehaving uh, in class but sometimes that might have to be the case or you might have to kick them off uh, the lesson if it's being disrupted and that's obviously something you won't want to do um, but if uh, if if you need to do it that may be the thing that you need to do um, you may have to speak to uh, a particular child's parents around their conduct in a Zoom class uh, and so on now to be honest with you I uh, while I'm on Zoom classes there I am not in favour of actually teaching lessons on Zoom. I'm in favour of using Zoom. And when I say Zoom, I mean any video conferencing um, for catching up with your class, finding out how they're getting on, more for the well-being aspect. I feel pre-recorded lessons are, are better uh, when it comes to um, whole class kind of teaching. Because if you remember during lockdown, if you were teaching a full Zoom class, not all the class were there and uh, you can't probably record those Zoom classes. I don't think it's. I don't think under GDPR you can actually make those videos available because the children's faces and their names will be on those Zoom classes. So I would suggest that you would um, do Zoom uh, Zoom sessions for catch ups um, or for um one-to-one -one work now one-to-one -one work is another is another story altogether i wouldn't be ever doing one-to-one -one work absolutely one-to-one -one. i'd need uh, another adult with me for that but uh any teaching i would say should be pre-recorded anything around um catching up seeing how people are uh, getting news show and tell those sort of things rather than the actual curriculum uh, are good for the zoom and um, is it ethical to mute a child i just answered that is it advisable to utilize bre breakout rooms and work with one group um or individual children I think um, no. If you're leaving the rest of the class flying solo, you'll need. If you have uh, another adult with you, let's say a, a learning support teacher, a set um, teacher, uh, um, or um, that's probably um, okay um, to do. But I wouldn't leave the class on their own. Um, we tried to start breakout rooms during lockdown and didn't quite succeed on them. Apps a hundred percent. I think during this. Um, next lockdown whenever it happens if it ever if it if it does happen I think this will be more uh, more utilized and I think uh, as we get more experienced in using uh, tools like uh, zoom and other um, other other video conferences so that's a lot of questions uh, answered I hope uh, as quickly as I possibly could um, I'm looking at my uh, clock and I think this might have to be done in a couple of parts as well anyway uh, let us see what should be clear and true what should be a, the clear and true expectation from a parent um, that is from Rodri um, I think that'll differ from school to school but I do think it's important um, that we are clear with the expectations from parents because some parents will expect uh, teachers to be on Zoom or on Google uh, Hangouts or whatever for the same time that they are uh, in uh, that they would be in school let's say so um, and, and generally, if we're on lockdown again, um, teachers aren't going to be online from nine o'clock till three o'clock um, live waiting for children to come online. That does Number one, it doesn't make any sense because it's not a good use of time. Um, and number two, um, it, it uh, well, it's, it, it just 
it's not, it doesn't make sense and it was just a waste of people's times. What people should be doing really is coming online at agreed times, maybe uh, two to three times a week, I think is enough for catch up and pre-recording lessons and posting them up on their various learning platform. I th- uh, and there should be daily contact uh, with from from a teacher with their, with their students. I actually do agree with that. Now, daily contact doesn't mean a live daily contact, but it should be um, either through a comment or a question on um, their learning platform. It should be uh, possibly a, a pre-recorded video of what they'd like them to do. Uh, it could be an, uh, a, um, a session, a live session via video. It doesn't necessarily have to be all three of them every day, but certainly um, from Monday to Friday, there should be um, there should be some form of contact. The other thing that I think is important about expectations is our working hours will still have to, while they may not remain the same, um, the expectations of us working outside of school hours should uh, remain the same. Uh, teachers will need uh, to obviously record things after school time or during school time or so on. And they will, and basically as long as they're working uh, the required hours, uh, maybe not at the same, uh, maybe maybe not specifically nine to three or whatever it might be, but um as long as they're working, and they will be, uh, I can guarantee you that we were all working a heck of a lot harder than we were working when we were actually in school. Um, particularly when you come to pre-recording videos because the, you, you video them, you have to upload them, you have to edit them, you have to end. And actually, I've never created um, a, a video which didn't take me f- five efforts to do it. But anyway, that aside, it's um, I think expectations just need to put out there to parents that look, this is what we'll do. Um, what we did at the lockdown was we had a one-page uh, website for every teacher where they said, this is the platform I'm going to use. This is when I'm going online for live sessions, and this is where uh, and and basically this is how my class is going to work. So I I, I think that's that's fair enough. And um, Francis asks, what do you do if a child or a parent doesn't engage even after phone calls saying that they would? To be honest with you, I don't know um, what you can do. You can't really do anything um, really um, except notice um, in whatever system you're using for for it. Um, I guess. Um, there may be a system in place for this, um, because I think this relies on uh, people outside of our uh, outside of schools. I think schools can only do so much um, before we have to allow other agencies uh, to take over. Now, um, I'm not saying you go straight to Tusla if you've got a family not engaging with you, but you could um, need to go to Tusla if you're worried that the child is, is child's learning is being neglected um, because they do need to engage with their school and that's very, very important. So I would suggest, um, you know, there isn't an actual answer to that question yet, uh, but I would suggest that you, you at least note it, you at least inform your uh, your principal if, uh, if that's the right course of action in your particular school and uh, maybe the principal or uh, a post holder will be in touch with the family um, uh, to see if they can push that a bit forward. If you're a DASH school, you might have a home school liaison teacher who might uh, intervene there as well and then uh, obviously the um, Tuesday may be an option if needs be. Uh, what would you do, uh, this is from Finton, what do you do if a family will not cooperate with reasonable school protocols? I guess what do you do, uh, it, it, what do you do in the case um, of normal uh, protocols in the school? Um, if a family's uh, refusing to in, um, to cooperate uh, with uh, reasonable school protocols um in normal times when we're in school, well, generally we have a conversation um, about these are the minimum expectations of our school and we suggest that you cooperate with them or we will have to um, maybe suggest that you're no longer welcome in our school. Um, I would suggest the same goes for um, online 
uh, and blended learning as well. Um, I don't really know what else you can do. I mean, you will have some families who are anti-screen time because they've been reading too much of the Daily Mail. Like, again, that's that's up to them. And it probably goes back to the previous question where um, you might have to have words with that family. Um, and uh, maybe, again, this follows the route uh, through your principal if you're a desk school to your homeschool liaison uh, teacher and possibly to Tusla as well. So I, I'd suggest that it's, it's kind of uh, the same kind of process. Uh, Karina asks... Uh, should we be following a suggested core or themed curriculum uh, which allows substitutes to step in easily or home learning to be done on the same topics with all children in one house? Could we have someone at national level creating resources rather than everyone creating online classes independently for their own schools and classes? Um, and she goes on uh, in that case. Um, I totally agree with you, Karina. Uh, I've been calling for um, an online curriculum for at least 15 years. Um, and um, I suppose what I, you would be told, and I have been told, is that Skullnet does exactly that um, with their learning paths and so on. Now, whether or not you and I agree with that, that's what we're being told. Um, I think it would be really great if we took control of this as teachers. The trouble is, um, is how do we manage that? And I would, I, to be honest with you, I'd love to do it. I, I'd love it if somebody gave me uh, my wage for the year and said, right, Simon, off you go and create this hub uh, where all our lessons could be taught by all of us collectively. Um, I'd love to do it, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, however, I'm sure... Um, so basically what is going to happen, essentially, is you are probably going to be forced uh, to teach your class uh, and your colleagues uh, up the road in the same class will be teaching their class um, the, the same concepts with pre-recorded videos. And we will have hundreds of thousands of pre-recorded videos on YouTube teaching exactly the same thing in exactly the same way. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what we can do about that. We need someone, someone, someone out there to bring it all together. And I'm looking at the PDST there uh, when I'm saying that, um, I, I, because I think that's something they could easily have done already. Um, they, as I said uh, to, to someone on Twitter, they had a great start in terms of this lockdown, providing uh, a little bit of information. But then it was as if they disappeared. Uh, for the last few months. Um, so I'm hoping they'll reappear because the education centres really um, took over after that. Um, that's, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. I mean, I, I in terms of the theme curriculum, look, I, I, I just think, yeah, you're, you're saying everything I've been saying uh, for the last number of years. Um, I've, I, I, in fact, Onshaw.net actually started off back in 2003 as exactly that. I was trying to bring together all the curriculum subjects, all the online content that was there at the time, now as ugly as it was in 2003. Um, and uh, if people remember uh, back to my, my two cartoon figures who basically were going to teach the curriculum online. Um, it, it, as I said, I tried it for about a year and a half, this kind of idea, and it just never went anywhere. Um, and to be honest, actually, after that, another website I, I, I run called mash.ie, which is a commercial venture that I have, um, that originally also was set up to encourage teachers to share their content, get your stuff off your laptops onto um, onto onto this website. Uh, and I suppose what that turned into was a, a space where teachers could sell their resources uh, to each other. But anyway, it wasn't an, a deliberate ad. It, it's just interesting to see what 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 could be done when we try and uh, and the success of that. 
We're coming up to 20 minutes, so I'm definitely going to have to do a part two of this episode, at least. Uh, Sinead asks, how do you communicate with families and parents and children uh, the difference between those situations and typical classroom learning? Uh, as said, above expectations if it will it will not be the same it can't be and this uh, is absolutely right and it comes back to what uh, uh, to Finton's question there we have to be clear that school isn't the same online as it is offline a blended learning approach really um, is, uh, is 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 very different um, and a distance learning is very different um, you, it's not like just mapping something that you do in real life Onto, a, onto the internet. You're not going to have your teacher online from nine to three uh, waiting to uh, teach you uh, for the five and a half hours because that's not how online learning works. It's not effective. It, it, it's a waste of time. What you need to have is this blended idea of learning, I suppose, even if you're doing a distance learning where a teacher pre-records content that uh, that teaches something. And then when you're online, whether that's live faced, uh, using um, some sort of video conferencing tool or whether that's um, through a, a learning platform where you type to each other or um, or uh, you know in a non-live context so you might comment on a, on a, on a post that your teacher puts up or you might um, uh, upload some work for your teacher who will communicate back to you that's what that will look like so they aren't going to look the same real life school is very different to online school and a blended approach will be a combination of those two things so if you did distance learning during lockdown now it's it shouldn't look the same as as it, as it did in most cases i mean i heard a lot of um now i think a lot of uh, a lot of schools had to take time including ourselves to actually get used to the idea of this but effectively daily contact is what you're going to need um, and I'm repeating myself here basically that daily contact doesn't mean live daily contact every day it means contact through comments through correcting work through uh, setting up online discussions through setting up pre-recorded videos where you have a task it might be uh, videos that you haven't created uh, where you discuss things all that sort of stuff um, and and that, that happens on a daily basis. Now, the idea of emailing a week's worth of work um, is not going to be okay in our next lockdown. We actually have to do this right um, because I think... I mean, and I, I, I don't. I think the minority of schools may have done this. Here's the work for a week. I mean, maybe the majority initially, but as we got used to this whole thing, most schools were having daily contact. But there were still a few schools left that, in fairness, there's no point in denying it. That were just emailing stuff for a week and then uh, not and and doing nothing else. So we need to make sure that there is daily contact. It will be different, though. It is not. Um, a, a teacher sitting in front of a screen in their kitchen waiting for their children to arrive from nine to three to answer uh, whatever questions they might want to be answered so uh, probably just repeating myself a little bit there but well uh, possibly well worth well worth repeating um, Katrina says my main concern around blended learning would be who facilitates those learning remotely while teachers are teaching in class only the department can answer that, I suppose. Well, you're absolutely right. And I think this is actually um, one of my big bugbears really around um, blended learning into the future. Will there, uh, because basically blended uh, blended learning, when we get back to, a, or if we go to blended learning, teachers are going to be in school all day teaching the children that are there. Um, and they may be expected then 
and it seems to be the case that they may be expected to also teach children who are not who are not in school. So if we have a blended learning approach, there's lots of different options. But let's say, for example, uh, you've got a children, half the class are in school, physically in school for a week, and then the next week, uh, and, and, and the other half of the class are at home expecting remote learning. Um, now, it's not re. I don't think it's very good use um, of a teacher uh, of, of time uh, to live stream what's happening in the classroom into a person's home. Um, uh, I mean, it ca- that's one way of doing it. I don't think it's a very good idea. And I hope that isn't what we're expected to do. Number one, we won't have the broadband to facilitate all that live streaming from uh, from schools. But number two, it isn't very effective for the child at home uh, because you're not they're not going to be able to sit on a screen for five and uh, five and a half hours um, a day. Um, looking at their teacher, looking what's going on in the classroom. Um, it won't be, it's not, it's just you can't replicate what goes in the classroom that way. So what I would be, suge- what, what I what I think should happen, um, and in fact, I think I might end this part of the podcast um, by expanding a little bit, and I'm doing this on the fly, I don't have a script in front of me for this, um, is what I think uh, needs to happen if we have blended learning um, in, in the future. Uh, I say if, I probably mean, mean when. We're going to have um, possibly half our children in uh, at the, uh, and we're going to have half our children out of the class. But the teachers will be in school for all the time. Now, what that means is we need to have some system in place where there are teachers in schools that will be offering face-to-face learning and we'll also have teachers in place who will be offering um, distance learning or screen-based learning or so I don't know what we're going to call it, um, but let's call it online learning. Now, I would suggest that the only real way of being able to do this is to make sure that there are enough teachers within a school to be able to do this. Um, now, I mean, the, the, one of the one possibility, and I don't think this is ideal uh, because I don't think there's enough uh, in any school, is that you'll have um, your mainstream class teachers doing face-to-face learning and your set team uh, doing the online learning. Um, that might be a way of doing things. Um, now, um, that's basically presuming that you have roughly um, half your staff um, online, uh, no, sorry, half your staff as, as a set team. Now, I, I, it's, I don't know any school where that's the case, um, but it might be um, a minimum option. However, I do think it's going to take a little bit, a little bit, when I say a little bit, a lot more staff uh, to be able to do that. And where we're going to find that staff is going to be thing. But one thing I can say is it is not possible for the mainstream class teacher to do both jobs um and <laughs> i'm thinking of um i'm thinking of an of an everyday teacher let's say uh, first of all like so you'd have to be in school let's say from nine till three doing your normal teaching and then you go home and then from three to wherever you'll have to do your your, your online learn. it's not it's not it's not acceptable to basically double the hours um of a teacher in one go and i, I was laughing there as i was saying this because then i was thinking of the teaching principal who'd be triple jobbing then uh, let alone uh, the double job they have to do so we do need to make sure that when we go into blended learning, because I think what's going to happen, right, is we're going to have our, uh, we'll get back to school. I'm, I've am i been encouraging people um, to teach children how to work online. So uh, how to log into their into their uh, learning, learning system, um, what apps you're going to use, lots of practice of that. 
I think we're going to lockdown within a few weeks, I imagine. So people will be back to school, back back at home doing distance learning. Okay, so we could, we've, we've done that and we know how to do that. And then we'll have to have a plan for blended learning. So children returning part time to school. However, teachers will be there in schools full time. So we have to figure out where's the anomaly there. And I know in some countries they did force teachers to do both jobs, but I would say that's totally unreasonable and it won't act and ultimately it won't work because teachers just won't be able to do it. Um, it's, 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 it's like expecting anyone in any job to just overnight do double hours for free. And even even the whole, um, I don't know, um, workplace um, what would what would unions call it? I don't know. I'm not a uniony person, really. Um, <laughs> I've given up on the uniony stuff. Um, but basically, you're asking someone to work uh, twice as long for uh, for free, and they they'll just they won't be able to because teaching is an intensive job. There's a reason we work five and a half hours a day because it's not. It's it's not spread over a lot of time. Uh, people, I, 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 the difference, and I, I'm not complaining here, by the way. I'm just uh, explaining uh, why teaching is a job which is very different to let's say lots of other jobs that are out there where you can if you need to go to the toilet for example you probably just go to the toilet a teacher who needs to go to the toilet needs to uh, make sure that their class are supervised they need to make sure uh, well i mean if they can because where are you going to find someone to supervise your class you have to plan going to the toilet it's not that easy it's actually like i always say it's like being an actor on stage where you're basically uh, your play lasts for five and a half hours, you're on stage all the time. Um, half of your audience doesn't want to be there, um, so you're. But you know, apart from being on the stage, you, you as the actor, you also have to write all your scripts. So you don't have a script writer. You also have to be the security in your theatre, and um, so that if there's children or your audience are misbehaving uh, or are, are not are not doing what they should be doing, you you also have to intervene uh, while still being highly entertaining on the stage uh, and ensuring people are in their seats and so on. It's a very, very intense job. And if you talk to an actor who uh, works in a theatre, you know the way they're always really... Uh, we, we, we'd, uh, myself and my wife, we'd, we'd go to musicals, let's say, um, the, back in the olden days when there wasn't the COVID virus around. And at the end, the sweat pouring off them. Uh, and you, you, know, you were only up there for an hour and a half. What are you sweating for? Um, so anyway... I, I'm just saying uh, this is uh, one of the things we need to concentrate on. I suppose another way to compare it to, because I'm coming up to the half hour mark uh, and I've always wanted to make this analogy. It, it, it's like saying to a radio presenter, um, you know, you only work two hours a day. What are you complaining about? Like the thing about a teacher's job is you don't just walk into a room and, you know, it's not like maybe in the olden days where you say open your books on page whatever and then do these questions and uh, and I'm not even talking about corrections as like extra work there's loads and loads of work that goes in uh, to being a teacher you have to write your scripts you have to write your lesson plans but then you have to make sure you differentiate those lesson plans so that every child has a different experience of those lessons and so on and so forth so basically uh, I'm going to come to the end of this part of our Q&A session um, by saying that when we go to blended learning, we um, we need to make sure that we have enough staff to facilitate it and it won't be good enough to just leave it all to the class teacher. So that's uh, part one of the Q&A. Um, I expected the whole thing to be a part one, but um, clearly um, I'm not very good at lightning rounds, uh, as uh, less, uh, even less good at it than my fantasy football friends. So look, I'll leave it at that for this week. Um, not this week, for this day, and I will record uh, the next set uh, in a, uh, next time I have a few minutes, and uh, we'll catch you um, on the next one. Thanks a million. Bye.